uh, 19 to 24, God's word says this. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. This is the word of the Lord. Let us bow our heads and pray. Father, we do love you. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy, Lord. We thank you for the ways that you have shown us your faithfulness and your great love that we can place our hope in throughout the year of 2023. Most importantly, God, we remember today the, the beautiful gospel of Jesus, that Jesus came and lived perfectly for us, that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he raised from the dead in victory over sin and death, and that he is our only way forward to have hope in this present time and into eternity. God, we thank you for the family that we are joined together through the blood of Jesus, that these folks in this room, we can call each other brothers and sisters in Christ. God, we thank you for the work of Jesus, and we celebrate him today. We glorify him. We praise him. God, I pray as we look to your word this morning, as we leave a year behind and enter into a new year, God, that we can see that your mercy is new every morning. It's new every month, every year that we enter into, God. And as we leave perhaps maybe a dark year behind, God, we look to the light of your hope and your love this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Like I said, today we're, we're closing out our Sing Sermon series by shifting to the new year. You know, many of us are going to stay up late tonight and we're going to greet 2024 by staying up. I'll, I might make it to 1201 and then I'm just going to fall asleep on the couch. And you may be thinking that Sing has been a, a series that we've been doing for the whole month of December. You may be thinking there's a New Year's song. Uh, actually, there is. There is a New Year's song. In the late 1700s, Scottish poet Robert Burns penned a poem written in Old Scotsman, so he's a Scottish guy, written in Old Scotsman language called Auld Lang Zin. A-U-L-D-L-A-N-G-S-Y-N-E. Old Lang Zin. Meaning this, old long since, or as we would say, for old time's sake. For old time's sake. Thinking back on, on old times. The title may not ring a bell to you, but it, it eventually birthed the song closely connected to New Year's celebration when the song was set to the melody that will likely ring a bell once you hear it. You're going to have to listen to me sing one more time in this series this morning. The song became a staple of Scotsmen on New Year's Eve, reminiscing over the past year as they prepared to ring in the new year. And it was popularized in North America in the 1920s by a man named Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadians as they played the song on New Year's Eve over the radio. I'm going to do... My best to sing it for you this morning. My family's probably embarrassed. And I think you'll catch on to the melody when you hear it. It goes like this. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old You guys familiar with the tune? Thank you. The reality is that the song, lyrically, doesn't lend us a view into the scriptures. That's what we've been doing throughout the month of December, utilizing a song that gives us a view 
into a window into the scriptures and the the birth of Christ. It's been our goal and aim. But it does remind us of the New Year's holiday, and it grants us a logical fresh start in our lives. That's what New Year's is. The New Year gives us a time to put to rest all that has occurred throughout 2023 and look forward to the Lord's plans for each of us in 2024. The prophet Jeremiah is the author, we believe, of Lamentations. It's a book of the Bible grounded in a, in a dark time. Judah had been overtaken by their enemy. Jerusalem laid to waste. And Jeremiah laments. That's the lamentations. He's lamenting. He's crying out to God. He laments as he looks upon the ruins of his land and his people. He wrestles in this book with the goodness of God in the midst of darkness. And yet in chapter 3, as we find ourselves this morning, the mood begins to, to change and launches towards a hopeful plea. Jeremiah's old long zine, in a sense, or for old time's sake, he, he looks at what has occurred and what is in store for the future. Under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, he gives us this beautiful passage of hope as we leave behind times of difficulty and look forward to day. And this brings us to our main idea. Our main idea is this, in the midst of dark times, remember the dawn of light. In the midst of dark times, remember the dawn of light. One of the most glorious times of the day, I believe, if you're not a morning person, you may not agree with me, but one of the most glorious times of day is the dawn of the morning. The reason I'm going to have a hard time making it to midnight tonight is because I'm more of a morning person. I like to get up in the morning and see the sunrise and drink my coffee and read. And we know that that the dawn is even more beautiful when the sky is dotted with, with clouds in the morning. The morning sun breaks through The darkness painting the sky with a glorious palette of colors from purple to pink and orange and ultimately the the glorious burning yellow of the sun breaking forth into the blue sky. But just prior, if we think about this, just prior to the first light of day breaking through comes the darkest of times, doesn't it? That dark nighttime sky drained of all light and hope, pitch black with no trace of light. This is exactly where Jeremiah is at in his lament. He's in that pre-dawn dark time. The darkness of of the night has taken root and has stolen all hope in his life. And yet, light and hope begins to break through. You know, before we see the sun, what? We see the light on the horizon starting to come forth. Let's listen in on his conversation with God. He says this in verses 19 to 21. He says, remember my affliction and my wanderings. The wormwood, what does that mean? Bitterness, right? The bitterness, And the gall, the poison, my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. I want to pause there. Jeremiah is admitting here, I am humbled, God. I am bitter. I've been poisoned. I've I've viewed destruction. I'm at my lowest point. Then he introduces this beautiful biblical word, but. Right? But. But this I call to mind, and he says this, Therefore, I have hope. But this I call to mind, and therefore, I have hope. Imagine with me, if if Jeremiah just, if he gave up just at this point of darkness, if he gave up on life, or gave up on God, if he missed the dawn of hope. I was reading this past week on this passage and and, uh, work from Dr. Stephen Smith. He's a pastor in the South he summarizes the passage in this way, quote, he says, God's mercies are new every morning. And he's good, hear this, he's good to those who wait on him. 
Another way to say this is that God is good to those who wait till morning. Those who do not wait do not see the mercy because new mercies come, but not until the morning. Despair means awakening in the dark, assuming it's the reality. Dark for a believer, though, is pre-reality. Reality is coming. The Friday before the Sunday, the disorientation before reorientation. Therefore, if you give up before the sun rises, you miss the light of God's mercy because it comes in the morning. I aim today to, to grant hope in the closing of this old year as we look ahead to the new. My hope is for those in, in particular who have gone through or are going through a rough and dark season to not give up in the middle of the night, thus losing the beauty of the coming sunrise, but that you will persevere, that you will endure until you experience again the dawn of a new morning and the new mercies of our great and faithful God. This, this present darkness that you may be experiencing is but the darkness of, of pre-dawn, that dark moment just before the light. I want to tell you this morning, hang in there. Keep going. As I prepared this sermon in God's providence, I was, I was in my office and I was listening to one of my favorite worship bands. There's a group I, I call. You're probably not familiar with them. They're, it's a band. They're called, they're called King's Kaleidoscope. Has anybody heard of King's Kaleidoscope before? I love that band. You guys should check them out. I have their, their Christmas album, though, on repeat this time of year. In a, in a modern hymn, they've, they've written this modern hymn. It's called All Glory Be to Christ. It came on my playlist. And the melody, when I was listening to it, it felt familiar. I was like, I recognize that song. But I, it's new, so I knew I hadn't heard it before. And then it dawned on me. They had taken that old Scottish bar tune that I sang at the beginning of the service and that one that's sung at New Year's, and they transformed that old song into a beautiful hymn honoring Christ and his achievements. And I'm going to utilize some of the lyrics of that song set to that melody to drive our points home today. I'm, not, I'm going to spare you the singing, though, so I'll just read the lyrics to you. The first set of lyrics goes like this. Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive, unless the Lord does raise the house. In vain, its builders strive. To you who boast tomorrow's gain, tell me, what is your life? A mist that vanishes at dawn, all glory be to Christ. A mist that vanishes at dawn. Let us remember this, that anything good that comes about is surely of the Lord. And for those of us who wait on the Lord, the dawn is breaking through soon. But how can we be certain of this? This is what Jeremiah gets at in this passage in Lamentations this morning. Number one, how can we be certain of this? Because of this, because the love of God is the basis of hope. We know that we serve a loving Father. The love of God is the basis of hope. How remarkable that in the midst of, of the death, destruction, desecration, and darkness of Jerusalem... Jeremiah can utter these words that hope and light begin to break through the darkness and toward the beautiful dawn of the morning. How can, we how can he have this kind of hope? Because of the love of God. Before we, we read into verse 22, I want to remind you of what he said. We left off at verse 21. I'll just read it to you. He says this, but this I call to mind, right? This I remember, and therefore I've, I have hope. What does he remember? Let's see what he says in verse 22. This is what I remember. He says this, the steadfast, what does that mean? Unwavering, right? Un unmovable, 
the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. This is what he calls to mind in the midst of darkness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Amen, right? Thank you, God. Dark and trying times break way to a reflection and move towards hope. Why? Because of the love of God breaking through in the midst of darkness in Jeremiah's heart. We can imagine the Lord's love towards Jeremiah and the long history of love toward Israel breaks through in his dark lament, his cry to the Lord. In 2016, I received a phone call that I won't soon forget. It was Halloween night. My family had just returned home. Haley and Jordan, we were trick-or-treating with some friends from our church. My cell phone began to ring. It was my father. I answered in, in, in and broke his his panicked voice. My house is on fire. It's burning down. We sped to my dad's house. In, In the dark of night, the glow of the fire lit up the night sky as we approached his neighborhood. Flashing red lights broke through the yellow amber flames. And as we turned down the street, the massive fire trucks lined the curbs with water spraying everywhere. The neighbors watching the spectacle It was a mess. I spotted my dad, alone, slumped over on the curb, his head in his hands, weeping as his house burned to the ground. Karen and I rushed to his side and held him as he sobbed, a dark night. If my dad chose to stay in the darkness of that night, he would never have experienced the hope of the dawn of a new day. The blessing of a church family and friends giving support and clothing. I had people that night at my home bringing clothes and money to give to my father. The ability to live with Karen and I as we rebuilt his home. The beauty of having a year of close contact with my own children in my house during formative times in their life. And in the end, a year or so later, out of the ashes of his old house, a new rebuilt house. Everything new from top to bottom. It was beautiful. Which ended up being a huge blessing a few years later as he would sell that home in California and move east closer to my brother and I out in this part of the country. None of the light would have shown if he gave up that night on that curb. If he gave up hope. If he just stayed in the dark. But he marched forward toward the light. Our song goes on this morning. It says this. His, his will be done, his kingdom come on earth as is above, who is himself our daily bread. Praise him, the Lord of, here's the word, love. The true beauty of Jeremiah's hope in God's great love is really when we wrestle with the reality of the point in time that he is at in history. This point in time when he recalls God's love. This is a man, Jeremiah, who in his earthly life, lived before the earthly arrival of Jesus, our Savior. And so as we turn the mirror on ourselves, as we wrestle with this passage ourselves, how much more can we hope in the Lord because of his great love on this side of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? How much more hope do we have? Our song family should should resonate louder, greater, more gloriously, and hopeful as we reflect on the incarnation of Jesus and and this, this is the good news, his imminent second coming, his soon return, 
It reminded me of a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. The Apostle Paul encourages the church in this way. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Notice that word comfort. Right? Jeremiah in this passage needs comfort. We need comfort at times when we're in, in dark times. When I drove up and I saw my father sobbing on the curb and, and weeping in his hands, he needed comfort, didn't he? The Father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You see the circle there. Do you see the application of God's love in our life? God's love gives way to hope, which gives way to comfort, first from the Lord toward us, and then what is, what is Paul's logical conclusion? From us toward others. Comfort pours forth from us to other people as we minister to one another. And so I want you to take away this point of application this morning. This question, how have you comforted someone while they are in the midst of a dark and trying time? How have you reached out to another brother or sister in Christ? Or someone who may not know Jesus, who's, who you know is in a dark time. How have you reached out to them? Have you made that visit? Have you picked up the phone? Have you sent that text message? Have you, have you written that letter? I want to encourage you, go out of your way to comfort one another with the great love of God as Paul instructs us to do. Because God, in his love, is our only source of hope. Number two, how do we keep, from, uh, keep going from, from the night toward the dawn of a new day? Number two, because the Lord is always faithful. God is always faithful. We sing a song now. It says this, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been what? So, so good. The Lord is always faithful. He can, what does that mean? He can always be trusted. God can always be trusted. What amazingly good news in the midst of a time, if we look at our present time, of a time full of, of what? Cynicism and division and distrust that we know this one true constant. The Lord is always faithful. God can be trusted. You can always rely and trust on the Lord because he is, he is faithful to his promises. I, I want to encourage you to memorize this portion of scripture that I'm going to read next. May it be on your mind and on your lips in the midst of dark times. It says this, the latter part of verse 22 into verse 23. It says, his mercies never come to an end. Did you hear that? His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is always faithful, family. Great is the faithfulness of God. We can trust Him and, and we can hold Him to His word because He always comes through, doesn't He? Jeremiah can, can declare the faithfulness of God because he knows the actions of God in history. It's not just some ambiguous thing floating out there like, oh, God's faithful, but we don't really have any proof. We have sufficient evidence that the Lord is always faithful. Listen to this. He is the God who called Abraham to sacrifice his promised son, but was provided a substitutionary ram as he lifted the knife. What? God is faithful, isn't he? 
He is the God who, who gave rise to a man named Joseph, a man sold into slavery by his own brothers and was granted favor time and time again in the eyes of, of every Egyptian leader he served, eventually leading to a providential encounter with his brothers where he forgave them and provided for their every need. God is faithful. He is the God who delivered the Israelites from enslavement through many signs and wonders. And with Moses' hands lifted high, made way for the Israelites to escape through the waters of the Red Sea. God is faithful. He is the God who delivered to them, uh, delivered to them the power to overcome every inhabitant of the promised land, even when they were outnumbered and overpowered, when they were outmatched. God is faithful. He is the God who brought forth an afterthought boy who came boldly in the power of Yahweh with just a sling and a few stones and overcame the mighty giant Goliath, saving his people. What? God is faithful. Jeremiah understands this in the dark times to sustain him through to the dawn of of a new mercy-filled morning. Because of the faithfulness of God, we can continue singing our song this morning. The lyrics say this, when on the day, the great I am, the faithful and the true, the lamb who was for sinners slain, and listen to this, is making all things new. God is always faithful. The Lord is always faithful. In all the history of of God's faithfulness detailed, we have a piece of history that Jeremiah didn't have. We've hit on that in our last point. We have on this side of the cross, God in the flesh, Jesus. The greatest picture of the faithfulness of God is found in the person and work of his son, Jesus. Many prophecies came to pass in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So many that the apostle Paul declares to the Corinthians a beautiful reflection in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. He says this, for all the promises of God find what? They're yes in him. Who's the him? Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen. We learn that that means so be it, right? Our so be it to God for his glory. Why? Because of his son, Jesus. God is always faithful. We can endure anything because of the great love and faithfulness of God made known in history through his love for his people And the evidence is found in God's care for the faithful remnant of Israelites we see all through Scripture and His manifest faithfulness through His greatest act of love, the giving of His beloved Son, Jesus Christ. I urge you this morning to remember, this is another point of application, remember the faithfulness of God in your life. I have a tendency to to think about all the things that I don't have. Anybody with me? I struggle with that. Think about all the ways that I... I'm imagining in my mind that God's not showing up. But I want to encourage you this morning to remember the times that God is faithful to you. Write those down so that you can revisit them when you're in the midst of lament or crying out or you're in the darkness, that you can go back and you can read and say, oh yeah, God, I remember when you were faithful here and you were faithful here and you provided here and you healed here. Remember the faithfulness of God in your life. When has God shown you that he can be trusted? Write that down. Thank the Lord for his faithfulness and remember his faithfulness in times of darkness. Lastly, 
Remember this, the Lord is enough. I could just stop there. The Lord is enough. The Lord is enough to sustain you, to keep you going. The Lord is enough. God is all that we need. The logical conclusion of Jeremiah and us is, is the reality that if we have the Lord, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we have enough. He's enough to sustain. What does that mean? To keep us going. He's enough to keep you. His word says this, he'll never leave you nor what? Forsake you. Verse 24, Jeremiah comes to this conclusion. The Lord is my what? Portion. Says my soul. I love that word there. Says my innermost being, my innermost thoughts, my soul. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will, here's the word, hope. Therefore, I will hope in him. My prayer and deepest desire for our church is that Jesus is enough to satisfy and sustain us, to keep us going. As we put to rest 2023 and look forward to the dawn of new mercy in 2024, the reality is this, that some of us, perhaps all of us, we're going to face dark and difficult times even this year, aren't we? Life is going to happen Will we respond to these times of difficulty by staying in darkness and despair? Or will we realize that we have awakened in the darkness and we're waiting for the dawn of morning to break through? Will we declare with Jeremiah, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in him. God is enough. Will we say that? Lord, I have you. That's all I need. In our response to God, Will we declare this truth? Lord, in you I have all I need. The troubles of this world pale in comparison to the relationship, love, and faithfulness that we, that you, that I have in the Lord through Christ Jesus. The reality is this. For the Christian, this world and the dark times we may face are the closest to hell we will ever experience. Did you know that? We have the great and glorious day of the Lord to look forward to. We sing this, our next lyric. Let living water satisfy the thirsty without price. We'll take a cup of kindness yet. Here it is. All glory be to Christ. How can we have this confidence? How can we have this hope? Just as Jeremiah reflected on the love and faithfulness of God in dark and trying times, we can also remember the love of God in the person and work of Jesus. What did Jesus do? What has he accomplished? God in his loving kindness sent his only son to take on human flesh. Jesus walked this earth performing many signs and miracles, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind. In the midst of all that, He fully obeyed the law of God. He fully obeyed the will of God unto death on a cross. Jesus went to the cross of shame. A perfect man. Sinless. He was stripped bare and whipped and beaten. And he was fixed to the cross by nails and he shed his blood. The wrath of God poured out on Jesus at the cross, the wrath that we deserve because of our sin, Jesus willingly took on in our place. 
Jesus died on the cross and he went into the grave. A stone was rolled in front of the grave and on the third day, the earth shook and by the power of God's Holy Spirit, Jesus was raised from the dead in victory over sin and death. This is the Christian gospel. This is our hope. This is makes known in the world the vast, massive, expansive love of God. That he willingly sent his own son to die for us. Those that despised and rejected him. Jesus came to save. How can we be without hope when we hear that message? That God loves us so much that he willingly took the weight of our sin, the penalty of our sin on his shoulders, and he gives us through his son, through faith in Jesus, he gives us new life. We're called born-again Christians. We're born anew, transformed by the power of the living God within us. We can embrace the reality that through a relationship, faith, trust, confidence in the work of Jesus, we have this, We have the great gift of God's Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, indwelling us. What does that mean? Living in you. He is our portion. He sustains us. 2 Corinthians 1, 21-22 says this, And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, hear this, and has also put his seal on us, and given us his spirit in our hearts as what? A guarantee. What hope we have. That when we wake up in the darkness, we have the seal and guarantee of God's spirit on us to sustain us and to help us endure, to get through what? To the light, to the dawn of a new day, to to new morning mercies. This is good news. God sustains us through the power of His Spirit, sealing us in Him. I want to conclude with these song lyrics. I think they're the most beautiful song lyrics because they make much of Jesus. It says this, All glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ. Amen? Amen.